that now calling the meeting to order. Uh, Commissioner Ali. Present. Commissioner Daniel. Commissioner Dillard. Here. Commissioner Gathawa. Here. Commissioner Johnson. Uh, Commissioner Harris. Here. Commissioner Nobis. Here. No, Commissioner Rivera is not here. And then uh, Commissioner Traore. Here. All right. So next we have the reading of the land acknowledgement. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I'll read. We meet today in the community of Iowa City, which now occupies the homelands of Native American nations to whom we owe our commitment and dedication. The area of Iowa City was within the homelands of the Iowa, Meskwaki, and Sok. And because history is complex and time goes far beyond memory, we also acknowledge the ancient connections of many other indigenous peoples here. The history of broken treaties and forced removal that dispossessed indigenous peoples of their homelands was and is an act of colonization and genocide that we, we cannot erase. We implore the Iowa City community to commit to understanding and addressing these injustices as we work toward equity, restoration, and reparations. With that, we are now on to agenda item number four, approval of meeting minutes from September 30th, 2021. Motion to approve. I will second that motion. Commissioner Ali? Yes. Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathawa? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Nobis? Yes. And Commissioner Traore? Yes. Motion passes 6-0. We are now on to agenda item number five, public comment of items not on the agenda. Commentators shall address the TRC for no more than five minutes and TRC members shall not engage in discussion with the public concerning said items. If we have anyone here tonight uh, that would like to speak, we do have the microphone on the side. Additionally, for those listening, you can raise your hand and we'll be sure to call on you. All right, looks like we do not have public comment. With that, we'll be moving on to agenda item number six, community comment on the TRC's charges, including fact-finding and truth-telling. So again, this is an agenda item where you can either give uh, recommendations on ways to go about the fact-finding, or you can do the same for truth-telling or tell whatever you needed to say uh, to the commission. Do we have um, anyone from the TRC that would like to comment on this agenda item while we're on it? All 
Um, on the aspect of fact finding and truth telling, did get to meet uh, with uh, Wangui last night. And um, so kind of what we talked about was going about a process of doing surveys and do have some people interested in the community with helping with that. Uh, one thing again there is just the wariness of um, having them all take the time to do those surveys and collecting the results, helping to report on results. So still trying to find a way to work that out. If uh, anything comes up in the way of payment, however, when it comes to online surveys, have registered for um, online survey platform. So one thing that we can do is if there are any community groups that would like to host surveys, then they can use um, that login that I have created or if they want, they can get their own account attached to it. So they won't have to worry about the payment aspect and can conduct their surveys online through that. Um, I can go real quick. Um, I know a bunch of people that's ready to do some truth telling and things like that, but I just don't know when it's time for that to happen. We, we got budget constraints and things that's been kind of holding us up. So, you know, I just kind of need to have some more guidance of when these, when we had these people come in and tell those truths. So you know, <clears throat> like more guidance on when we can get that done, you know, because I got a lot, of, I got a lot of formerly incarcerated people, people that are, uh, that's dealing with immigration right now. Um, just yesterday morning, I, you know, I, I went with somebody that can tell us a good truth about how they had to have a immigration interrogation and they could have got deported, but they decided not to. And those people got to walk out their office and stay in the United States of America. So I got a lot of people that tell some truths and some things, but I just need to I know. definitely, I want to touch base back me and you let's touch base after this meeting and we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, my, I just had a clarification question. Um, is there something, uh, since we are like, a affiliated with city council and I don't know if, um, Jeff or Steph would be able to answer this. Um, is there a specific way we need to go about getting a translator or translating things. Um, my mom's offered to translate and document and my dad can do it as well. I just didn't know if like you guys had to have like a specific certified translator. Um, um, we, we do have a translating service that we use that translates, I believe into over, I think 140 languages. So okay. if you can get me the materials, then we can- You get can it. get it translated. Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah, that was just kind of the last thing I had about that um, agenda item. I just want to, this Commissioner Wangoigadua, to add on what the chair was saying about the meeting. Uh, he was able to be in attendance since the beginning of the TRC work. There's uh, a group of African communities in Johnson County, Iowa City, and Lynn County, who are part of the African Communities Network of Johnson County. And they have been following and they volunteered to, to collect communally and collectively, which is culturally suitable 
for African communities and linguistically touching on also what um, Commissioner Ali has been talking about because we are talking of many languages, the main ones being Arabic, Swahili, and French and Lingala, which is the majority of the communities of African, of the Africans in in our city and in Johnson County and the Lynn counties. So they were already starting to listen and to get a framework down on how they were going to listen to the facts and the evidence of racial injustice against, against them. But they put a pause when the the city was and the commission, the TRC was going through the facilitator process. But because they were following, as soon as they realized that it was voted out, they didn't pause and they were part of the people who are helping us process that and start to plan what's the way forward. And they did agree the week before last that they will continue even if they are yet to figure out uh, because they are, they, they, they giving of their facts and their experiences, that one nobody can actually ever pay. But uh, sometimes be depending on how this is collected, sometimes paper or something like that is, uh, might need to be, there might be a cost. So, in yesterday's meeting, those were some of the things we started talking about, but in the next meeting, those logistics will continue being planned out, uh, which will be sometime next week. Mm. And uh, once it's, uh, it's always open, I always invite anybody who might want to attend, but for logistic purposes, it's a team of about 11 people. It, it just works better for the planning purposes when it's just fewer people. Um, and I wanna touch base with you on that after this meeting too, so that I can find out when that is and maybe attend it with you next week and then kind of get that going. Um, I don't wanna steer off uh, too far just on um, what you guys have heard from community members versus um, what they're doing. So I think this might be a good time to move to the next agenda item. Uh, no, uh, I just got one more thing to say yeah. about it. Just one more thing. Yeah, and, no, you're fine. Um, um, for months and months, I, I've had a whole lineup of people ready to mm -hmm. tell truths and tell things they need to tell, but we had so many delays. So I just need to get some time in on how we're going to be able to do this and when we're going to be able to get these people because I know that everybody, you know, I can't say, hey, I want to get this person. They, we need to also vote on who's going to talk and tell truths. But I have a whole line of people, and it's like a, a bubble just bursting open. It's waiting on people to tell truth. So with that, I yield. It's, it's Thank long you. overdue. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I want to add a piece to that. It's Commissioner Wangoyagadua again, that it's really humbling to see members of commu the community, our communities in Iowa City, joining us in our work, because I did get a message 
from members of the community called the Rileys who are having potlucks in the community in the remaining part of the fall and in the spring and inviting like-minded people in our community to, to talk about racial injustice in less formal environment. So it's really humbling to see all the people reaching out. And there are also members of the African community who are really admiring what Commissioner Harris and the Catholic Worker House are doing with the rescue plan such that they really want to get together with Commissioner Harris uh, through me and find out what they can do to continue improving our community. For me, it's feeling that the, the work of fighting racial injustice, it's getting a life of its own and a momentum as you have used the terms a bubble bursting and people wanting to come forward in a positive way. With that, I yield and yeah. Um, just the last thing I have to say on this, Mohammed here. Um, I do remember that we were talking about trying to get some kind of truth-telling event together. Is this something that we're still wanting to do within what yeah. The next? Yeah, and I'm uh, not one. I'm don't want to talk about this during a public meeting. I'd prefer to discuss that privately when we're doing like our smaller group meetings. But it has been something that we're talking about. It's. Um, We'll just have to find a time because there's three of us or four of us to loop you in on the meeting. But yeah, it is in the talks and I would like to engage with all of us just outside of a public meeting. Okay. If no one has anything else on that, then we'll now move on to agenda item number seven. <clears throat> So consider a motion to recommend that city council a clarify the intent purpose and expectations of the TRC and B extend the timeline for the TRC to fulfill its charge. So we've been, Oh, uh, do we have public comment on this agenda item before we continue you can raise your hand and we'll be sure to call on you. Okay. So now on to the commission discussion. So in terms of the aspect of the timeline for filling uh, the TRC's charge, is there a length of time that we want to specify in terms of the recommendation? Um, I, I would say like um, with the the aid to clarify the intent and purpose and expectations of the TRC. Um, I would like to hear from someone who can tell us that we, we're kind of lost in that. Like, um, And I completely agree with what you're saying, Eric. I don't think that uh, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet so that we can have a discussion. I want to make a motion that we just kind of push this agenda item number seven off for a little bit. Um, 
but I, so, and I'm going to tell you why I feel that way. Um, I've been approached by counselors saying that, you know, keep the TRC off the agenda and you guys don't have to worry about it being disbanded. There's an election coming up shortly. And I think that the other council members that are going to be involved um, that may come on may be better to talk to. I just don't think that it's a, our best interest right now to keep going at this back and forth with uh, city council, um, especially because genuinely, I don't think that um, a lot of them care about what is happening in this room. A lot of them aren't participating in the things that are happening in this room. So I don't see why um, the need to currently right now keep trying to have this engagement with them. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, that's kind of been part of the dysfunction that's been going on, non-engagement. So we need to know whether they're elected or not, or they're going to be elected. I think that, you know, this is uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. This is Commissioner 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 Dillard. <laughs> and, um, I um, don't really care about um, number A. I don't think it really matters what they think at this point because they've already told us. We know what our charges are for that. But I do think if we were to move this motion forward, um, if we're going to talk about this, we should extend it at least a year because that's how much time we've lost in that. And opinion on that. I think by putting it that way, I think I agree with both you guys. So, yep, they don't really care. So I think that I agree with both you guys with that one. Can someone repeat the agenda item for me? It's uh, agenda number, uh, item number seven. It's consider a motion to recommend that city council, A, clarify the intent, purpose, and expectations of the TRC, and B, extend the timeline for the TRC to fulfill its charge. Yeah, I, I just think you. that, oh, go ahead, Sakalis. Oh, no, I just said, thank you. Um, sorry, it's just kind of wild here right now with my kids, so I'm doing my best to keep up. Um, thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, I agree with the sentiments of pushing um, off A. But in terms of B, that's something that I feel like is one, not only okay to do a motion on, but to, to look to send up sooner rather than later. If we just keep pushing that off and waiting, then to me, the question becomes when we decide that timeline and when we do end up voting on it. And we are at this point in October and the current one is only until June 30th. And whether someone is elected or not, wins their next race or not, or whoever else does end up on there, would like to make sure that we have far more clarity on how long this is going to go. And, uh, I agree. I'm going to say that, that, sorry, Commissioner Harris, as long as we don't stay on the TRC or on the council agenda, they can't disband us. We, you guys were there in person. I, I wasn't physically there and I'm not saying that that's going to be the idea, but we already know what the council is capable of doing and how they're capable of voting. And I just don't think that right now, when we don't have anything to give them and any changes in anything, that this is a suggestion we should make. Maybe if we have a community, something like a community project in October and we have a truth telling session and we touch base with those 
people that Commissioner Harris knows, those people that Commissioner Gathua knows, and then we come up with something and then show them, then I think that that makes more sense. But to just uh, put that as an agenda item at the next council meeting, I'm not for that. I don't think it's a good idea. And I don't think that the city council cares. Yeah, and I yield to the floor with that. Yeah, just with the last conversation we had in a few minutes. So I think that A is not something that we want to talk about either. So I, I because that's the comments that you guys said, you know, nothing going to change. They don't, you know, they don't care. We need to wait. I agree with that sentiment. So that's why we can ignore A. And um, just to clarify to stuff, um, the motion that I made was to just kind of push this back, push this entire agenda item yep. 7A, 7B back. I worked the time, so. And, and I think if, um, if, if you're not wanting to take any action on A, then, I mean, cause there wasn't a second to your motion anyway. So I don't necessarily know if there needs to be a formal vote if you're not wanting to take any action on A. Oh, okay. If you wanted to take action on B and, and have a motion in a second and um, then vote, you can do that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm completely fine on the aspect of pushing off A. My thing again, which is pushing off B, is people can say in the background, you know, stay off the agenda, don't have to worry about being disbanded. But again, I'm still in that same position of last week of whether this is going on or not as a part of the city, still interested in continuing. It doesn't mean that we're not going to ask for the city to in like their December meeting. I'm just saying we don't have to ask them at their next meeting to expand. We can ask them in December, maybe when we've got, you know, 17 videos of 17 people and their experiences in Iowa city and how they've dealt with racial injustices. I'm not saying that we don't need to ask them and have it on their agenda. I just don't think that it is in our best, um, in our, I don't think that it's, the best idea for us to suggest this right now in the next city council meeting definitely would really like to push this back until after we have gotten some truth told or some videos or something. Uh, well, I kind of agree with you about, you know, we don't need to talk about it right now, but, you know, pushing it back is kind of doing them a favor. You know, yeah. But it also does it. us it, a favor, no, but they, they push things back for no reason. And by pushing things back right now, it's doing them more favors so they can find more months to push back things. So you have to watch out for that. That's all I'm telling you. You have to watch out for that because so during that time, we have to make sure that we're going to get these truth tellings done. Yeah. They, they have to be done. Because and I think that that's done, doable. They're not done. And then we're going to say, we're going to be at February or something before anything happens, you know, so. I'm just in- um, Just like the last vote we took on a couple things, this is kind of a tough one for me too. So, cause you know, I know how the city council operates. So. Yeah, you're making valid points. All I wanted to say is I, I hear the conversation and I, um, I think I am leaning towards the side of Commissioner Ali because I mean, why stir the pot when it's already stirred up anyways, when we could be doing what we want to do anyways, right now, we have the opportunities to put on truth telling sessions. We can do as much as we can right now. They're going to probably say no to putting us on the agenda. The fact that we weren't on last on Tuesday's agenda says a lot anyways. Um, if it was important, we would already been on it. Why push harder? I mean, 
if we want to get on on November's after election, sure, or or December. That's yeah how I feel yeah. about it. I we mean, can still do a lot. Of, we can still do work now. And in response to that, about you know why push harder, um, that's uh, that's some of the only things that really works with them sometimes. But why do we? I guess I don't care. Yeah. We need to do what we need to do for the community. If the city council is not going to work with us, let's do what we need to do so for our community. How are you going to, you know, get transportation and money for all these people to come tell these truths? How are you going to pay for that? How are you going to do Eric, that stuff? Let's talk. I, I would be happy to have this conversation after because we do those well, questions. This is agenda items, so you can't go past it. Well, I know how you're going to do just, all that. Stuff it's about extending own. the timeline for the TRC to fulfill its charge. It doesn't have anything to do with getting people to truth telling. I'm just saying that I think that it is in our best interest okay. to maybe push this off. Let's think about it on the third Thursday of the month. Yeah, this is not, you know, I'm in opposition to it because it's not it's not really opposition, but it's a warning. Yeah, you, you don't. If you keep pushing stuff off, that's right what they want you to do. But imagine before we know it, it's going to be June 2022 and our mandate is going to be over. So and and let's say we suggest this to them and we have a video to also show them that what we've done in the last in the three weeks that we have till the next meeting or whatever. And then that I, I think that that has more power than just setting it on their agenda. And I really think that this group of you know, commissioners isn't going to sit around and lollygag anymore. I think we're really kind of over it. And yeah, so um, I'm going to suggest that we, can I make that motion one more time, Steph? I'm going to. Are you just going to make a motion for about the timeline or about? I, I was going to make a motion to uh, push 7B back since we're not all like moves consider 7b at another meeting 7b or 7a extending the timeline you want to push both back yeah yes i i i mean i guess in my opinion you if you don't want to take any action i don't you can just not take any action on it okay if, if you want a formal motion you can certainly make one but since it reads consider if you if that's not what the group wants to consider then i think you can probably just move on Still on this, I am curious, uh, Chair Traore, uh, um, what difference it makes if we don't work on having uh, a, the A and B seven on the on the city council's agenda in December of us are starting to do that right now. I mean, for me, it's just the whole thing of, again, the pushing off of votes. Um, if people want to worry about it for an election, whatever it is, I don't know why it may want to be pushed off, but they, of course, there's always that ability for council to then say at the, at their meeting, if they're to look at something like this, whether it's now or in December of, Hey, we want to defer this for another meeting before we decide on it. So that's another thing to consider is when we're ready to bring it forward, that's always a decision council can make of 
we want to defer the discussion on this for the next meeting or defer the vote on this for the next meeting. That could happen now. That could also happen in December. That could happen any month for anything. So for me, the strategy behind doing it now is it's at least on the table. And also I feel that way because I'm not interested in not doing the simple things like this of the fear of retaliation or whatever it is. Cause if there's fear of retaliation on something as small as extending a timeline on something that's shown clearly, it deserves an extended timeline. Then what happens for anything else that's bigger? Are we then going to have that same fear of. It's going to be a lot harder to approve a timeline when we have nothing to show for it because of them. And I'm saying that that's, you know, because of them, but if we show them, if we, this gets put on later or whatever, I think I, I, I don't agree with putting it now. I don't know. I, it feels like we should just have a vote then. Do we need to have a vote? Just, yes. Um, okay. Chair Traore can make a motion since it, it seems like he's. Um, I'd like to make a motion that we move the discussion of 7A, clarify the intent, purpose, and expectations of the TRC to another meeting. But however, we do pass a motion to city council to extend the timeline for the TRC to fill its charge. It might be better to separate those out. Yeah. Just for clarity. So right. the, the first one would just be to make a motion to, uh, okay. um, to delay uh, 7A and then get a second and then vote. I'd like to make a motion to delay discussion or the passing of a motion on 7A. Second. Um, Commissioner Ali? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathawa? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. And uh, Commissioner Nobis? No. And uh, Commissioner Traore? Yes. The motion passes five to one. Next, I'd like to make a motion to send a recommendation to city council to extend the timeline for the TRC to fulfill its charge. Are you wanting to specify a time on that or just um, to extend Specification it? of timeline is for one year from today. Second it. Uh, Commissioner Ali? No. Uh, Commissioner Dillard? No. Commissioner Gathua? No. Uh, Commissioner Harris? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Nobis? Yes. And Commissioner Traore? Yes. And fortunately, we're deadlocked. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so. so it just has to move for another time? Uh, do you know when it's it? It's a failed motion. Yeah, it's a failed motion. Yeah. So, in that case, um, so we can't make uh, a movement on that. We do have others to bring into the conversation. Then it's forced to move for another meeting. Can we have a conversation about it and see if we can, like, convince others to vote a certain way and then take another vote? Yeah. Um, my only qualm with doing that now is that because we're missing three voices on it, 
if we're this close to deadlocked now, just want to make sure they can be in the conversation first. Exactly. Because that doesn't, that vote doesn't make sense at all. So I would rather vote again when everybody is here because that vote doesn't make sense. Also, I'd rather us be more on page than not. Well, that vote doesn't make sense. Exactly. Because you guys wasn't here for the beginning of it. The people that voted against it, you wasn't, so many people wasn't here from the beginning of the time we got wasted. So we need to have another a full vote on that. So we could have been, we, so, we shouldn't have to extend our time because the reason we had to extend our time is because of delays from the city and delays from people that we had to remove from this. So I think we're yeah. all aware of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we are going sense. to continue discussion on 7A and 7B at a future meeting. Yeah, that's good. So with that, we'll just move on to agenda item number eight which is begin a conversation on how to heal a divide within the African-American community in Johnson County. So for this one, um, once again, have just been, do we have public comment on this item? So for this one, have continued discussions with people in the community and did have a good conversation last night uh, with someone from the South District about assisting with uh, getting some kind of meeting together uh, for a formal conversation, whether that's some, um, a circle or a private meeting is to be decided, but at least some movement on uh, healing that divide between some people that are more outspoken against the TRC, some that are in support of it, or some in between and the commission in itself. And that's all I have to say on that. Nobody else has nothing to say. Um, I guess I can go and say that um, this topic right here is a topic that needs to be healed. It needs to be fixed. It's obviously a problem. Um, I don't have anything personal against any people, you know, in the African-American community, but some of the views and some of the stances that they have taken has been disturbing. Um, I'm a person that's kind of in the middle of it because I'm an older person in the African-American community, but I'm also supportive of the younger African-American community. I don't want to leave them out. And that's what it seems like the older African-American community wants to do like, Hey, you know, we're going to say we've been through this, you know, like sometimes I see some people who've been in this community for 20 or 30 years and they're just, instead of saying, you know, what they want to do in the community, they'll list off all their accomplishments. I'm on this board, you know, I'm on this board. I did this, I did that, I did that. But then they just kind of brush off the younger people. Um, it's, some fellow it's some fellow commissioners here that I know that have done a lot in this community and have been brushed off by the older community of African-Americans in this community, like to the point to where some of them don't even, won't even talk to them. And I'm one of those people that they don't talk to me. They will not talk to me. They've even took into juvenile behaviors where they will block people on social media and they won't talk to them. And 
instead write terrible things about these people. I wish that the the vag could be healed. And so with this agenda item, I want to hear ideas from people, you know, of ways that we can heal these things. You know, that's what I, you know, I would like to hear. Um, going back and talking about, you know, old things that happened and why we got in conflict before, that's not going to work. Um, think, I think people need to start anew and just say, hey, whatever happened in the past, we need to work together because, you know, we're kind of all in this together. You know, we're trying to do this thing and and this is what happens a lot in what is federal level politics, whether it's state politics, it's always a divide somewhere. You know, you can look at, you know, the U.S. government politics right now. There's a divide in getting things done. But they all supposed to be on the same side. So with that, I yield. I guess the one thing I would have in terms of ideas on this is that um, kind of just focus more on working on those that people in both groups or however many groups there are will talk to and kind of get them to open up the lines of communication a little more. So it's kind of just what I'm uh, leaving it for at this moment. I think that'll just really help us with uh, getting some kind of meeting together. And it sounds like maybe the best way to do it would be uh, privately for one, but to make it in such a way that people can actually address um, the past disagreements first so that we can, you know, label those things, get them all out there, come to some understanding and then look to end it with what we can actually agree on and building baselines from there. Uh, this is Commissioner Ali. Um, I think you and I, Mohammed, probably spoke to the same person. Um, I was reached out to by Angie Jordan, um, and she had mentioned doing some type of restorative justice circles-esque type of thing with Annie. Um, and uh, I think that that's probably a, a good way to go forward. I think we should utilize... Um, especially since a lot of us know Angie very well, she's that bridge that we really could utilize. And I know that she wants to heal that divide more than anything. Um, so, and I haven't really, I mean, she brought this up literally the other day to me. So it's not like we've been able to come up with a plan. Um, but I think that type of um, setting would be really healthy for all of us. Um, especially because, I mean, for me, I'm interested in that process and I want to be involved in that process. And I think that it would be a really good learning and growth opportunity for all of us as commission members. Um, and with that, I'll yield to the floor. Yeah. And I can just respond to what you said um, when I was presented with the idea as well. And because of all the hostility that we had in the past couple months, in the past six months or so, I was hesitant at first. But I think that I'm going to sign up for it, too, because I think it's a thing that can be helpful. We need to heal the the wounds. You know, I I don't care what people, what type of issues that people had in the past and things like that. We need to, I'm I'm going to agree to sign up to the, the circles things. And even if it's people that's going to be on that board that we already had past issue with, yeah. one day you have to solve the problems. Yeah. So. 
I agree. Um, yeah, it's just figuring out the logistics, but if someone is passionate about that, it's definitely Angie. I know for sure. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I think, do you, do you have anything to say to Commissioner Dillard or Commissioner Gathua? Um, I just became aware uh, on 21st that there raised tension and now I'm seeing it labeled as the divide. And uh, I'm trying to see from what Commissioner Harris, you said it's uh, you're saying it's the young versus the old. And what I'm not clear on is you give examples of the, the it's something like generational difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically like in a quick response to that, um, like it's a couple of people that's from the older generation that me, uh, Mohammed and Emil, they don't speak to us and they will not speak to us. So that's the divide right there. That's if you want to meet the defend it, you know, they just won't speak to us. And the example you're giving is that it's sounding as if the older generation is, so uh, what are they wanting to happen so that what can happen? Those are the questions that are going around in my mind as I try to get the picture well, and then from the younger generation, what are the, um, I'm hearing as if uh, from what you just said, you want to be spoken to, but there might be much more than that. So, and I'm, I'm raising all this because uh, I'm for healing because it is definitely interfering uh, it, it's a, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, I'll just say it's tripping the work of the TRC and it's delaying and becoming sort of like the proverbial when they say that uh, uh, I don't want to see it as throwing stones to a dog as you keep moving towards where you're going mm. because I don't want to trivialize because it's not trivial. Well, one thing I would say is that if if they would speak to us, we would know what they want to talk about. But unfortunately, communication is key to everything, but we don't have communication with them. So, yes, um, just, I, I wish they would speak to us so we could know what the issue is. Yeah, uh, just and, in, in the interest of uh, time and also just clarity on this. Uh, one thing I, I want to say for me is I would just uh, he caution on this and how we speak on this publicly. Um, let's just remember that it's important not to try to just label what others are feeling unless they've explicitly told us. And we've actually had that chance to have that conversation either privately first, if they prefer it that way or publicly. So if we're, we start to get in the business of labeling people's feelings for them, then we're going to get in some trouble, uh, there. So just continue to work on, on this outside of the TRC, but you can bring the ideas, but. Um, I just want to make sure we're not actively alienating uh, people at the same time. 
Thank you. My point was uh, still trying to clarify to myself what is going on. So because I, I want to be on the side of, of healing in a divide that is there. So walking in, knowing, uh, yeah, because for now, and thank you for offering some clarity. You're welcome. Yeah, to some of the, what might be going on as, as, uh, as I join and go in into, if we are having any meetings or gatherings, to work towards getting to a point where we can work together. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I just, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll definitely keep everyone informed in terms of what, what I learn or if anything else happens. And just want to be clear on this point too, there isn't only one divide to heal. There are going to be multiple. So that's one thing to think about as well. So there's going to be many of these conversations we'll likely need to have. And then we'll need to remember as well, even after healing divides between us and certain communities. We'll have to think of that factor of the more people we bring in, uh, we may need to also have these types of events or talks between uh, certain groups that might have issues as well. So that's going to be very key to keeping a strong coalition going forward. Um, this is Commissioner Dillard. I am hesitant to talk about this because it does feel, as we're kind of saying, it's definitely a huge generalization of people as we know black people are not a monolith um but uh my contribution to this is to continue um having conversations with people all over the community and try to get how they try to understand where they're coming from listening i don't think our end goal is going to be to completely um fix everything but to come to a sort of understanding um, because we all are going to think differently. Um, it, we're not always going to uh, agree on everything, but the goal is to move forward so that we can serve the community. So that's how I view this, this topic, but I do, I do appreciate everyone's viewpoint. Yeah. And it being part of our charge of, uh, bringing evidence of racial injustice not forgetting that and uh, yeah and as the chair said uh divisions disagreements they are very central even the very the very practice of racial injustice is divisive it drives on it's constructed socially constructed made up division. So thank you for that reminder that there are already some that are already there historically and they will and creating new ones as we move. So uh, learning how we respond to that and how we deal with that as we move and recognizing they're there and they're real and they can derail the, the work as we move forward. anyone else have anything they'd like to add? All right, with that, we'll move on to agenda item number nine, updates on the progress of the Fund Excluded Workers Coalition. We have anyone from the public that would like to comment on this agenda item before the commission discusses? 
All right, seeing no hands at this time. So on to the discussion from the commission. Oh, were you saying, oh, sorry. I didn't know if you're pointing. Um, Eric, I'd want to defer this to you actually, because you've gotcha. had far more contact than I have uh, as of late. Yeah, so um, one of the first things I would say is that um, what we've heard from people and what we saw from people is far more than we expected. Um, we didn't expect to see as many people support what we've been doing with the School to Workers team. Um, in the past week, you know, we've had 730 people sign a petition just in Johnson County alone. That may not seem like a lot of people, but that, that's a lot of people just in Johnson County alone. Other counties have the same funding that they're getting, you know, from the American Rescue Plan and the numbers in those counties. I'm not sure of yet, but we've been to those counties as well. We haven't tallied those all up, but just in Johnson County alone, it's 730 people that signed a petition, you know, for this thing. Um, also on Wednesday, October 27th, there's going to be another public hearing about the school to workers fund and can you say that date one more time sorry oh i'm sorry um wednesday october 27th at 6 p.m 913 south dubuque street 913 913 that is correct and they're going to have another public hearing which the all the last public hearings that they had about this issue have been basically taken over because they don't allow the just fair public comment when it's time for that. And so those things and those tactics are going to have to continue to happen. But this hearing is the final hearing. And then they're supposed to figure out what they're going to do with the funds. Um, in my estimate, we've probably talked to 3,000 people in the past four or five weeks. And from what we heard from them, some people, you know, of course, they don't agree with, you know, what we're doing. You know, they say, you know, people need to go back to work and, you know, but when you're paying somebody $12 an hour, $12 an hour is not a livable wage out here. Not in 2021, maybe in 2001 it was, but we listen to the stories. They're pretty difficult and Sometimes they become emotional and we see people break down into tears. We went to some of the trailer parks, especially some of the ones that have been devastated because there's a lot of them in Johnson County that are not in good shape. We've talked to people and they're just, they're just not doing well at all. Some of them, a lot of them lost their, lost their jobs during the pandemic. Some people even told us that they didn't lose their job but they had to work more hours because a lot of people got COVID and lost their job. And I and we asked, you know, did you guys get more pay for that? And they said, no, but a lot of the employers, they got a lot of, you know, like people got stimulus checks. Those employers got PPP things. They got pay tech protection programs where you know, say for instance, and this needs to be breaking breaking down, and I, I I hate to go elementary with this, but if you pay a person $10 an hour, 
and the government pro the government program pays you 70% of what you have to pay people during the pandemic. That means you're actually paying that person $3 an hour. Why do you need to get any ARP funds? You profited through the whole pandemic, unlike other people, especially regular citizens like me and other people like that, because I don't, you know, a stimulus check that I got personally was going before they even sent it in, in, in the mail of my bank account because I had bills to pay. So um, they're going to keep on. So just to end with my update about it is they're going to keep on doing what they're doing. It's not going to stop. It's not going to end. Um, they have plenty more events planned and it's just not going to stop. And if the right thing doesn't happen with those funds, the backlash is going to be very tough. It's not going to say, hey, well, we're going to appropriate these funds and that's just it. It's going to be very tough on a lot of individuals. So I would advise them to do the right thing. And if they want to know what really goes on, you know, you got to go out there in what I call the field. Because being inside of an office thinking you know what's going on, you don't know what's going on until you go out in the field and see what's going on. And one of the main topics that I hear talked about in city council a lot is Forest View. Go walk over there to Forest View. Go look at it. That place is devastated. And it has failed. And I don't know who to put. I don't want to say it's a contract. I don't want to say it's a city. But they're not going to make it through this winter like I mentioned before. And with that, I yield. And clarification, uh, Commissioner Harris, since you're kind of like the ambassador to <laughs> yeah. from the TFC to um, so is the what the petition that you said, mm -hmm. do we is there do we have access to that? Do you mind sending it to Steph so that she could send it to all of us? Yes, I definitely can do that. I definitely yeah. can get that information sent over to Steph because we have all the information. We have the a big stack of about, you know, because it's just 730 in Johnson County, but we have a big stack of about 1,500 of petitions. And also we have our own survey that we took independent of the, that, the, the survey that the city of Iowa City sent and the Johnson County supervisor sent out. We have a survey that's independent of that. that that's went to the, the Google people. document one, right? Yeah. Perfect. And that's, and that's, so we can send that information as well, which will show a deep contrast compared to what the city and the county sent out because the county and the city didn't send it to the right people. So Thanks for clarifying. I would, we would, I would definitely get the information shared within yeah. the next couple of days. So it's no problem with that. Does anyone else have anything they want to add to this? I just want to say very well summarized for one. For two, thank you for continuing with the amount of time you are spending with that. Yeah, I've basically been the, you know, when you have, you know, I've basically been an ambassador from the TRC to the, you know, and since we voted on that a couple months ago, I've been putting in a lot of work with that. And I see that that was a, I, like, I appreciate all the commissioners who voted for us to support that movement because it's, it's very important. And I saw a lot of things that I didn't, when I first, signed on to it and I first, first took it on. I didn't know it was that serious, but you know, when I have people coming and, you know, they talk to me and right when I bring up what I'm talking about, they just break into tears and, and they say, 
you know, I had to choose between rent and feeding my kids. And I don't even have to do that. You know, I mean, I, I could any, any day that can happen to me, but you know, right now I don't have to do it, but that's a sad thing to think about. So whether the shoes, like, are you going to eat or you're going to pay for your house or that, you know, people shouldn't be in that position, especially it's the people that, um, that made our economy works. Like without those people, this city wouldn't work. It wouldn't work at all without these people. Those are people that's in the back making your Big Mac. That's the people that make your bed when you get done staying at the hotel. You know, that's the people that do all the hard work in this country that Americans, you know, I'm not saying that we don't want to do it, but that's the work that has to be done. When we need vegetables and produce picked and things farmed and Americans don't do all that work. Those are people that do that work. We need those people. I know I wish that they process of getting to this country. I, I wish they did it, you know, a little bit better and did it more legally, but those are the people that we need. So with that, I yield. Yeah, again, thank you for being our point person and also uh, facilitating this to in front of us uh, and helping give a voice to uh, groups and communities in our, in our city and our county that are unseen and unheard. And it is still a struggle to make them uh, be seen because we are not there yet. Uh, thank you. And the, the feedback we're getting out there, like I said, there are some members who want to get hold of you because they want to follow. They want to follow you into supporting this. And thank you for the information on the, on the public hearing so that uh, those people can, can get on formally in uh, bring, uh, continuing to fight for this for these members of our communities that are very crucial, even if we, we see the results, but we, we, we have to be forced to see them and to hear. Yeah, like, uh, and one thing I would add to that, some people, they may see, see it as weird, like, you know, I'm an American citizen, you know, that force is about choice, but I'm an American citizen. And some people may see it weird as, you know, why do you support these, you know, support people you know, like this in this situation. But it's really a two-part answer. And it's only one answer, but it's a two-part answer. I, myself, have children who are Latino. They are African-Americans, but they are Latino as well. And the second part to it is I am an African-American. I know how they feel. We went through this, you know, we don't gotta talk about the amount of hundreds of years we went through this. So I understand how they feel. And, and with that, I'm gonna yield. I'm, I just gotta let that part go. I just gotta, I'm, I'm gonna yield that. But, you know, just being, a, even though I'm an American citizen, I know how they feel. So. No, the honesty is truly welcome.
And with that, I just want to ask if anyone has anything else on this specific item before we continue. Okay, with that, we are on to agenda item number 10, which is conversation with ThinkPeace, Eduardo Gonzalez, um, David Raglan, and uh, I just want, I want to let you introduce yourself because I just don't want to mess up the pronunciation, but uh, my apologies. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Pentagon. You would do anyway really well. <laughs> Just... And uh, at this time, we'll just defer to you to, to begin. Um, I think this one's just presentation first. Eduardo, can you hear us and speak from Bamako? And then I think David will go and I'll address last. Yes, I can hear you well. Can you hear me? Yes. 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 Well, thank you so much. It's uh, 1 a.m. here in, in Bamako, Mali. And uh, so I bring uh, memories of the land to Commissioner Traore. <laughs> well, I'm very happy to be with you here uh, tonight. I'm joined by my colleagues, Santi Pentikainen and David Rackland. Um, all of us bring different elements and skills to think peace, which is a hub that we are establishing in a cooperative manner with different practitioners around the country and um, truth-telling specialized um, movements also around the country. What we want to do in this organization that is fairly new is to get together with uh, colleagues who have actual experience with uh, truth and reconciliation processes and to provide our support and uh, serve as a sounding board or as a technical support space for commissioners, commissioners like you. What is happening right now across the country is really unprecedented. There are dozens of truth commissions being established this is something entirely new, and it has to do with a social movement that started just a few years ago. Um, Dr. Ragland, who is with me here, for example, is one of the founders of the Truth Telling Project, a project that emerged out of Ferguson, uh, Missouri, and that ended up uh, being a space and a platform for families of people who were executed by police for racist motives. And what we want to do, as I said, was to um, give our um, hand um, now that the Truth Commission of Iowa was probably going to make a number of decisions about its, uh, its work and its methodology. Um, as you may know, I was in the list of external advisors and ad honorem external advisor pro bono for the proposal by Kearns and West to provide facilitation to the commission. And I uh, was in the session by the uh, council where that proposal uh, was rejected. I do think that the proposal was an interesting one, was a useful one, and it was a necessary one. But at the same time, 
since the city council took its decision, probably many of the issues that were going to be covered by this proposal still require some attention. So uh, we did send a letter to you proposing that uh, we can uh, help give a hand in a number of, of areas, including strengthening capacities, putting the commission in touch with other commissions and with other uh, people working on, this, on these issues, and um, also to carry out a scoping mission to your city, to talk to you guys directly, to talk to the different actors in the, uh, in the community to understand what are the elements um, that are at the basis of such a divided and polarized situation. So that is what we want to do. And we would bring to this uh, proposal um, what we are. Um, I will let my colleagues, uh, Dave and Antti, introduce themselves and tell you the kind of work they have done. In my case, I have been supporting Truth Commissions for the last uh, 21 years. Um, I started with the Truth Commission in my country, Peru. That was a commission established after an internal conflict that left 69,000 people killed. And so it was quite necessary and also quite a traumatic um, experience and, uh, and also a country with a lot of polarization. That is where truth commissions work. Truth commissions don't, are not establishing societies that work well. They are establishing societies where uh, there are dysfunctionalities, where there is polarization. So that is where I started in Peru. And then I have been working for the last 21 years in truth commissions around the world. Um, two of those in the United States, in Greensboro, North Carolina, and in uh, the state of Maine. So uh, this is what I uh, bring to the table, and uh, I would be very, very happy to, uh, to, to talk more about what, what would be necessary. Um, let me ask Dave uh, to introduce himself. Uh, Dave, are you there? Sure, I'm right here. Um, thank you all for having us here today. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. We know this is difficult work uh, for you to do. And um, I'm one of the co-founders of the Truth Telling Project of Ferguson, which was a um, commission or a quasi commission that didn't have, um, it wasn't city sanctioned. Um, and we went for it anyway. And um, uh, one of the people who I helped to start this project and with is Congresswoman Cori Bush. In addition to so many other um, activists, um, we started the project immediately after uh, Mike Brown was murdered. And it was a, a large uh, group of people from all over the region who came uh, to try to be a part of a process and put a process forward. Um, and for various reasons, uh, we uh, ended up really focusing on police violence and uh, uh, people who experienced it, relatives of people who experienced police violence um, in part um, as an intervention. And we learned a lot from that process. Um, and since before that time, I had been um, uh, studying restorative justice and international human rights. Um, and 
in the lead up to the project, I got a chance to study with the Greensboro uh, Truth Commission um, and so many people who worked on South Africa. Uh, and this is where I met Eduardo uh, while we were learning about um, all the processes that came uh, before us. Um, and as someone who grew up right around Ferguson, Missouri, um, this was an experience that uh, we needed to address within our community and that it was connected to so, to so much other forms of injustice that we were experiencing. Um, since, since the time, um, since that time, we have uh, continued to organize and educate um, around um, some of those underlying issues that came up. Um, <laughs> Uh, that were connected to police violence. And um, we've also had an opportunity to work with and support communities uh, around the country uh, who were thinking of doing this work um, and uh, who just wanted advice or wanted to hear what kind of things we went through um, in trying to get a process to transform our, our communities. Um, in addition, uh, we have been involved in, uh, in uh, trying and still involved in trying to create a national process uh, because the, the processes that we each experience in our own communities are not separate from the larger uh, national um, and even global uh, issues of concern. Um, and so I just want to... Um, Thank you all for allowing us to be here um, and learn uh, alongside you. Thank, thank you, Dave. And, and um, Mr. Chair, if, if you may, I'll just say, David had a nice rule for my name. He said it resonates with auntie. So uh, if, if that's the way to remember that, that's uh, he said, there's a good memories with aunties. And, and uh, I like that. Um, I'd like to address you, commissioners, by just listening to your your meeting. Um, you trying to navigate the realities, political realities around you, the rifts that seem to be breaking the trust and harming your work and creating hurdles. Um, the inner dynamics you have within in the commission, and at the same time, what I hear is this incredible uh, excitement to convey the message or, or urgency that there's this bubbling uh, happening. People want to come forward. They want to testify. They want to share. And then the awareness of, of the injustice that if it continues to hurt, what is the consequence? And, and then the question uh, uh, one of the commissions brought, there are people who may not make through the next winter. So in, in these moments that you are, are now, um, the question as you have decided is not whether the time is now, but why it hasn't happened before. And if not you, then who will it? And I just want to comfort you saying that you, you are the responses to the prayers of many, including your ancestors that you, who have struggled and, and, and trust that, that you are there for purpose. And there are always those who will carry you like the president of Colombia, President Santos, he said, when you put the survivor voices in the center, they will always guide you and give you the ethical compass 
whichever way you need to go. And what I have observed internationally, it is always up to individuals. There is never a perfect process. There is never a perfect moment. It is always up to certain individuals to take to have the courage to take the responsibility to carry the burden that gives the community the ability to move forward. And it's not just the injustice, but it's also the intergenerational trauma and pain and what it means to become liberated, to have that imagination for who are living now and who will be there in the future, to be liberated from intergenerational pain. So I just want to comment that. And also saying that with incredible humility, there isn't anybody who can come from outside to do it for you. You need to be there. But at the same time, there are many of us who will be standing beside you, who you can call for, uh, who you can have at the table when you feel there's something that you want to, to, to share. Um, and just a couple of thoughts around that. Um, so my background is I've been working uh, with truth and reconciliation processes in, since South African. Uh, a little bit address what you know, today we celebrated our piece of Desmond Tutu's 19th birthday. I'll come back to that. But um, one of a couple of things I've learned is that we have to move away from this, this third party mediation concept into and, and where the parties themselves are in an incremental process defining what means inclusion, fairness of justice. Um, and, and there is something that we are just learning when we're looking at these processes is, is, is the need for healing. And I think too rare do we realize how commissions themselves need to go through a healing process to be able to work together, to trust each other. And, and what is the critical number of people in Iowa that need to get involved in a process that the trust can be created where a process can be designed. And again, when it is survivor-centered, uh, you will be guided, guided on this. Um, so I'm just very proud of the work David has done and several others and, and Eduardo. And, and if there's anything we can do in your service, do let us know. Just a couple of words about Archbishop um, uh, Tutu's um, uh, birthday celebration. Um, if you haven't watched the movie Forgiven, um, do, do watch it. It's not necessary addressing this, but, um, but you will see how difficult the commission meetings were in South Africa. Um, and there's a story behind it where uh, a mother of a girl that was killed continuously goes to Desmond Tutu saying that you need to find out the facts. I need to know. And Desmond reluctantly does it. He doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't always have the courage. There's a tax and the commission but he still does it. And there comes the final scenery where the truth is being revealed. And the mother of the victim stands up. The police who have been hiding and trying to avoid the truth to come out. He's scared what's gonna to happen to him. And the mother says, this is all I wanted to know. And they embrace, embrace each other. I'm not saying this should happen to, to other people, but what is really beautiful in that moment is that this one is not the centerpiece, he's silent. What the healing, what the truth gives is the healing to the individuals. It's not a hero work, but it's it's something that a commission that you, you can do, you can create that space for individuals to find healing and for the communities to move forward. He just moves his hands like this for a prayer. And even though we celebrate someone 
see really significant like him, the true heroes are the survivors. Uh, and, and I also love what was said by Angie Jordan. They're there. Your communities has all the wisdom. They have all the courage. They have all the knowledge. And, and, and so the more you can rely and, 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 and relate to them, uh, the, the work will, will certainly carry on. So I'm sorry I, I, I took a bit long, but I wanted to address these couple of points. Thank you. And um just want to say, uh, Eduardo, especially thank you for being up so late on, on the other end here. Uh, nice to see that you're out in Mali. I don't know, maybe my run into some of my family, who knows? <laughs> um, other than that, when it comes to uh, the assistance and also the feedback and outreach, um, I know I can only personally speak for myself, but... I would like to accept that assistance uh, from you all and continue to work together moving forward. I think that sentiment would uh, apply to all of us as well. We will take all the help we can get. And I'm sure that the people that work for the city that are here would also agree that this help is probably very beneficial. Um, I kind of, I, so David, I, I'm really interested in the work that you did, um, in Ferguson, um, and specifically working, um, you know, with rep Corey Bush. Um, I just, I'm, I'm kind of curious to know, um, what you might know about what's currently happening, um, within this community or, um, kind of. I don't want to say like your opinions on what's going on, but, um, but for lack of a better term, kind of how you feel about the situation that we're dealing with as it pertains to this specific TRC. Um, and that question, I specifically said, David, but, um, I would also be interested to hearing, um, the other opinions of Auntie and, uh, Eduardo. Um, thank you. Um, and, what what I can say is that um, just following the news, like I understand that there that um, there's conflict or or there is chances for um, um, more collaboration between the city council and the commission, um, and there's been some changes. Um, with the composition of the commission and, and that's um and some you know just from this conversation and from reading uh some news dispatches and let me say that um i've seen um similar things happen in in other cities um this is not out of the ordinary um every every place every community is different uh with a different a uh, group of people who have um, different interests and things that are important to them. And, um, and, you know, and like, for instance, some of the, the commissions that have happened like Greensboro, they're still like the work didn't stop after, right. The commission formally ended, right. There's recommendations that are still working their way 
um, through the city a decade later. Um, uh, so it's a complicated process. And I think that um, what I see here is a commission that's committed to moving forward um, despite everything else that's happening. I see people who are trying to get their issues uh, addressed. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to leave it there without going into too much detail, um, but I'm, I'm really looking forward and would love to um, be available to you all and support, um, you know, what you all are trying to do in any way that I can. Thank you so much. Commissioner Harris, I, I think Eduardo has made the request for David to perhaps come into this um, fact-finding mission and perhaps be available in discussing with also the different sides in the community if, if they would like to see him and, and seek his opinion as well. And uh, and just a couple thoughts. One, one, what you have to be prepared, and I'm sure you realize that, is that every time you deal with something that has the potential of healing, it triggers a response uh, that may relate to to situations where people have not had the safety where they can address what has harmed them. And, and, and so do not be frightened about those responses. The second is what I've been really thinking about this country as a whole. So I had an opportunity to serve for a moment as a secretary for the USTRHD movement uh, initiated based on Dr. Gail Christopher's work on the truth, racial healing and transformation. And, um, and, uh, and it's been now waiting for the HR 40 reparation agenda to move in the Congress and, and Senate. Um, what I, ha however, have been, you know, wondering and, and not wondering, but thinking about is that, that to reparations to be effective, the mindset that causes harm has to change. It's not enough to address the past harm or current, because if the mindset is still there, you'll find new ways to harm. And so there has to be a, an invitation for also those who have been harming into a process of becoming better into shared humanity and recognizing it, it's a, each other's humanity. And this, I think, something Dr. Gail Christopher has really wisely developed. So even though there are elements in the city council and others that might not, might not care, eventually there has to be an invitation for them as well to change. I um, just want to say thank you for, for one and uh, two, just want to include that uh, if there is uh, a time that we want to try to schedule a meeting outside of the TRC, uh, feel free to email us and we can get that going as well. Can exchange phone numbers uh, to, to talk more on how we can do this collaboration. It's one thing I'm just wary of is explaining everything in detail uh, initially in a public meeting. I want to just get uh, some kind of baseline outside of it first. And um, just to make sure that we're finding a way to truly include the community uh, from the get-go as well. For me too is to thank you, David and Eduardo. It's humbling and it's honoring to, for you to volunteer to work with us. And I am 
especially looking forward to discussing uh, the framework to do our charge from the very beginning. I, that is what I um, have been searching for, even as we break out into the community uh, that falls under our umbrella as we carry out our charge. I'm looking forward to working on that. Thank you very much for your time and coming forward. Thank you. And uh, one thing I want to ask as well, um, oh, yeah. oh, um, Eduardo, when it comes to the amount of time you'll be overseas, is it just Molly you're going to and then coming back or will you be gone for quite some time? Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Chairperson. Um, I'm in Mali until the end of October, um, but as you can see, the connection is excellent, really. So um, I'm really uh, very much in touch and also with my colleagues in the U.S. Um, I'm confident that, that we can uh, be in touch um, closely and permanently uh, to, to plan out the, the different actions that, that, we, could, uh, that we could take uh, forward. Um, and in fact, I would like to suggest that we start as soon as possible with a conversation and a presentation on how uh, truth commissions have worked in, in different parts of the world and in the United States. So we um, um, explore and we explore with the community uh, the experiences that truth commissions have actually happened, uh, have actually had. Um, in my opinion, just to start the conversation, to have the conversation going, uh, your Truth Commission has a legal mandate, the resolution that created the commission, that is actually quite complete, and that uh, presents actually a few opportunities for you guys to do the different work you have been commenting uh, from the moment I joined the conversation. Uh, hearings, discussing with people that have been directly affected by institutional racism, getting their voices heard, uh, and very critically preparing a report that you can uh, propose to the city. Um, I do think that the mandate leaves a few uh, doors open to recognize the fact that there has been a time in which the commission was not active due to reasons outside of their um, of their control, and therefore the possibility of um, extending the time of the commission is open and, and it could be something to be discussed. Um, and I think that there is nothing in the, um, in the mandate that precludes the possibility of bringing to Iowa City um, these conversations that have happened around the country because they can be helpful. It would be, I think, very, very significant to bring uh, to Iowa City remotely uh, or in presence, if that is possible, at some point, uh, the people who worked in Greensboro, the people who work in Maine, um, the um, different, very significant, very important actors that have been involved and are still involved with the truth telling project, for example. So those are things that can be done. Uh, in terms of uh, time dedication, well, uh, certainly we are not Kearns and West and, uh, and, and cannot um, articulate a, a proposal with so many hours as they have proposed. But um, in my experience, honestly, what is important is to have the right um, 
um, the right allies to move forward and, uh, and the time of dedication is something that depends and it's built on the relationship with, uh, with each activity. So we, we are not going to propose something for which we have not the capacity. Um, so we will be very, very happy to, to join you anyway in meetings like this or to prepare uh, specific meetings to, to have conversations, presentations and, and discussion with you guys. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. And I'll be sure to follow up uh, with you all uh, via email as well to just try to find an initial time for conversations time here within the next week. Oh, no, I was just going to say thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate everything you've done, Eduardo, especially knowing that it's 1 a.m. over there in Mali. Um, I don't want to keep you guys for too long, but I think the next step is to just reach out to them, um, either chair and vice chair, um, and then um, move forward with the conversation with you guys. I think that would be the best way to go forward. For me, I just want to end that uh, on a sentimental note. When you mentioned Bamako and Mali, uh, having been a teacher of history, seeing you sitting on in one of the great empires of African great civilizations, it's sentimental for me. Thank you. And is it good morning there? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Pro tip, Say thank sleep you so outside much. on the roof shooting stars every night. <laughs> All I wanted to say is thank you. I'm looking forward to working with you as well. Um, okay, on, on my side, I will have to cut because I start tomorrow very early, but um, uh, with your permission, something that I want to do is to talk to the chairperson of the Truth, Justice and Reconciliation Commission here, because I'm pretty sure he will be enormously interested to know that there is a truth commission in Iowa City and that the chairperson is actually of Malian descent. So uh, for sure, uh, I will try to establish a, a linkage and a bridge, an international bridge between these uh, uh, truth and reconciliation efforts. So for sure, uh, count on that connection. Got two African immigrants here as the chair and vice chair. We've got Mali and Sudan representing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank good. you. Yeah, very excited to hear that you're there. It's been a, a lot of uh, turmoil in Mali, not just the last decade, but the last year, especially. So, yes. Yes, but the resilience and the power and the uh, goodwill are, are also incredible. So the fact that in those conditions, they have had a truth commission that has worked for five years, that has received 22,000 testimonies, I think it just speaks of how resilient and how useful these uh, initiatives are. So uh, I'm for sure I will be very happy to to chat with the uh, chairperson, uh, Mrs. CDV, about your incredible effort there. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll be in yeah. touch. Yes, Very good. Take care. Cutting here. Ciao. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, get your rest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't.
Um, do we have anything else from the commission on this? Okay. Um, with that, we'll now move on to agenda item number 11, announcements of commissioners or staff. And just remember, TRC members shall not engage in discussion with one another concerning said announcements. Does anyone have any announcements they'd like to make at this time? Um, one that I would like to bring up is there's the Project Better Together 2030 going on uh, right now. And there's an event called the Big Sort coming up here this month. So um, even afterwards, going forward, there's opportunities for doing community surveying and just getting more connected with um, not just people in Iowa City, but across the county on that. So that's something where if anyone is interested in helping out, um, please do email me or get into contact uh, with me as well and would be more than happy to have you assist. Um, yeah, that's the only direct uh, announcement I have at this time. Um, this is Commissioner Ali. Um, I just wanted to talk about an event that's going to be happening next Thursday um, through the Tippy College of Business. Uh, Casey Gerald, um, who is an author and speaker, will be um, presenting um, from 3.30 to 4.30 in C106 in the Papa John building. Um, he wrote, there will be no miracles here. Um, and it says in his bio, a memoir that explores the complex intersection of race, class, religion, and sexuality. Um, it was named a best book of 2018 by NPR and the New York Times. Um, and he was a finalist for the Lambda Literary Award. Um, he's got a bunch of TED Talks um, and they'll be here in Iowa City next week. And I think that this is a really valuable opportunity for anyone who's interested in business, is interested in Tippy and all that good stuff. Hello, um, I would like to uh, announce that uh, Monday is uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, which is uh, in opposition to Columbus Day. Unfortunately, the state of Iowa, Johnson County, and Iowa City, though they have uh, created a declaration to observe Indigenous Peoples Day, they still observe uh, Columbus Day. So I would ask uh, people listening uh, to think about that and perhaps, um, you know, uh, do something about it. Um, also, uh, there will be um, a uh, a couple of events happening uh, on that day in Iowa City. Uh, the University of Iowa Native American Student Association will be hosting their annual decolonization event uh, at noon at the Pentecrest. Uh, please uh, support that if you can. Um, and then uh, in the evening, um, a brand new uh, business in town, uh, the close, the, excuse me, the, the close, the close, the close, is opening up um, on Kirkwood and um, it uh, will be, uh, it's, it's a, it's a native owned business. Uh, it's a, a, a jewelry store um, and they will be hosting an indigenous uh, people's day event there at six uh, PM till 8 uh, PM. Um, it's like a meet and greet and there'll be a few words said. Um, please go to Great Plains Action Society's uh, Facebook page to take a look at the event. And um, then there will be uh, events happening throughout uh, Iowa as well uh, for indigenous people's day. Thank you. 
Stephanie. No? Right. Before okay. she goes, I just, I had talked about members of the community who, who have come forward with the work of the TRC. Um, thinking of Mikhail, I hope I'm saying her name, the name right. Uh, I did agree that if I'm invited to any of the, I think there are two potlucks remaining of about 10 people in person and I'm allowed to bring a plus one. If I happen to get space, uh, I will let commission members know through staff and if uh, anybody would want to come with me if it happens. Yeah, I am excited about that. The other thing I will keep mentioning in October is it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. As the coordinator of NISA African Family Services, whose mission is to end domestic violence among African communities. So I will keep mentioning that. And right now we are involved in two events. Uh, on 29th, we shall have a discussion led by two of our youth interns who go to the University of Iowa, mainly targeting male youth uh, because uh, it's do documented in the world that sexual violence is the major perpetrators are people who identify as male. So that's our target. And then the other event is we are still planning the Pat Myers Domestic Violence Award. And it's good to see you and Taka here because as we plan, there was nominations are being done and I'm not very off the top of my head. I, it's, the award is going to be in October on a weekly at our public library, but, but I will pass the invite through staff once uh, we, we put that down. And this is by the, uh, our domestic violence intervention program. Once we put the coalition, the partners and the allies, we're working on that together. So thank you. Motion to adjourn. Sec I second that motion. Cool. All right, so we are adjourned. Thank you everyone.